People's Poetry Podcast with me, Jimmy Bowman. Hello, welcome to episode four of series six of People's Poetry Podcast. This is the poetry and spoken word podcast that follows me, Jimmy Bowman, a teacher and poet myself, as I wander the UK to chat to a range of poets and explore the UK's love affair with poetry. Now this podcast is not just for those who are already into poetry. Our mission, my mission, is to show you that there is poetry for all walks of life and there is something out there written for you. Series 6 was recorded in the middle of the global pandemic, I'm sure you've heard of it, via the magic of Zoom. Series 6, we've decided to hear from you and we have launched our new open mic segment of the podcast. Each episode, we're going to select one of the many submissions we've had. A massive thank you to everyone that has submitted. It's been really tough whittling it down to just nine this series. Uh, But each episode, we are going to hear one poem from a new voice from not just the UK, but around the globe. Hi, my name is Maggie Boyer, and I'm a poet in North Carolina. I recently published my first poetry book, The Whole Story, available anywhere you buy your books. I have a poem today about my hometown called Hometown Glory. I hope you enjoy. The foundation of my childhood was built upon heroin needles and faulty promises. The only lullaby I learned was the sound of car alarms and cop cars whizzing by. I long ago lost count of all of my high school friends who went on to be just another lost life. Some of them lie beneath our feet, while others lie in the alleys between empty showrooms downtown. We used to crush joints in the crooks of our fingers in between classes. Now my best friend is hooked on Percocets, and the worst part is she doesn't even know it yet. I miss my garage smelling like trees. That house has been empty since my mom OD'd. The town got more dangerous when the DEA raids started. Now that all the gangs are packing, our hometown has been popping off on the nation's most deadly. Still, sometimes I wonder why my memory is fried, or why my body is in shambles, or the reasons I'm always high. At least I got out alive, right? A big thank you to Maggie Bowyer for sending in that piece. This episode, I sit down with the Salford poet Matt Concannon, aka the Thirsty Poet, and we talk about acting, performing poetry, and of course, the Thirsty Poet. So this episode, I'm joined by Matt Concannon, poet, aka the Thirsty Poet, uh, a poet of many talents, so I see. (laughs) Yeah, there's a few on the sleeve. (laughs) How's uh, how's lockdown 3.0, as I'm branding it, uh, been treating you? Uh, this lockdown's been um it's been a good one actually to be honest like i know that sounds a bit of a a, a weirdy one to say that it's some that this one's been a good one but it's been quite a nice um kind of keeping me i've been busy i've been writing yeah. i've been um working the coffee van and things have just been kind of like all go which is great yeah that's why i've been asking people how it's been going because it just seems so many people are reacting to the lockdowns differently um you know i think the first lockdown for me i've said it on previous episodes that went okay um i don't think i realized how much the weather affected my mood oh 
I mean, th- th- this cold spell, I mean, I'm, I'm up north, I'm in Manchester, and it is, it has been cold these past couple of weeks. Mm. Um, but that first, yeah, the first one was like, um, it's summer, t- like spring. So we was in the garden all the time or in a, yeah. trying to find a park to go to where we could actually, you know, sit down and have a beer when we were allowed to do that. And um, this one is just, you know, when, when the night times draw in early and it's cold and wet and typical northern weather, you just have to find any sort of positivity that you can to, to get yourself out of that um, out of that cold spell, I guess. Yeah, it is it's deadly cold up north as well. I remember doing doing a weekend in Newcastle once and I just right. my hat's off to them. Was that, your, was that your last, first and last time in Newcastle? <laughs> uh, well, it was during lockdown. You know when they had that brief just after lockdown one where they let us out again? Um, yeah, when the they Li- let us out again. Yeah. <laughs> the Libertines had a like a lockdown gig where wow. you're in, in little pens. So it was all socially distanced, but it was, it was it was in Newcastle. So that was my excuse to go. Good man. Yeah. Good. You said you've been writing a lot during lockdown. So have you found that lockdowns helped give you that time? Because for me, it's been the opposite this lockdown. I've, January has just been non-existent for me, yeah. writing-wise. I don't know why. I think like the, the, the first lockdown, um, I kind of I hit a bit of a wall and I was a bit like, right, I don't know what, to do because we didn't know how long things were going to last for and yeah you know, I'm, I'm an actor by trade that's that's what I usually do and kind of poetry has become the a little side gig for me where I kind of get to vent and put a bit of frustration out and put you know uh, voice things that I maybe wouldn't say to people yeah but in poetry you can kind of get things off your chest and um, so the first lockdown I was able to kind of like throw a few pieces out and like adapt things that I'd already written. So making them kind of more relevant. Um, and then a lot of them became quite political based because that's what we're, you know, we're living in this world where um, people are missing out on certain things. So the arts was heavily missing out on funding and being able to stay open. So this, that was kind of inspiration to write there. And then, yeah, more recently kind of trying to find the inspiration because I don't want to write about the same stuff all over again. I don't want to yeah. be writing about, you know, lockdown and how that's treating people. And, you know, I tried to trying to come up with some more positive, um, positive poetry. And uh, I think it's kind of, it's coming through quite nicely. I think I'm in a, quite a good headspace at the moment because, you know, we've gone back into this lockdown. Manchester hasn't been out of like three tiers or something mm. like that since yeah. the start. I think it's like 302 days or something of this year where we've actually been in no higher than uh, no lower than tier three. So it's yeah, this this time I've kind of been able to you know focus on um, focus on different sort of writing, which has been nice for me to explore less yeah. less political and more um, more not general because that doesn't sound like a good word, but just more open to to anything that kind of comes about. Yeah. You say uh, you're up, you're up in Salford. Yeah, Salford, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's people down here that warned me because I, I was looking at going to see a mate once, it never happened, but uh, uh do not call it Salford. They do not like it. <laughs> do not call it Salford. I'm sure there's, a, there's a poem in that, I'm sure. Yeah. But do that's uh that's uh John Cooper Clark territory, isn't it? Salford. It is, yes, it is. He's uh he's he's drawn on a couple of the bridges. There's a couple of like um because he's only a short guy with you know with like his massive long uh, black hair. Yeah, yeah glasses and stuff and he's under one of the arches in a 
in the Salford side of Manchester. So just across the bridge, you get into Manchester and he's on the edge, just like waiting, which is quite nice. Manchester is definitely on my list. I've been meaning to go up there and especially with the podcast now that this has been going a couple of years usually I get to go travel the UK and talk to the poets sort of on their turf as it were what's the poetry scene like in Manchester well I'm to be honest I'm quite new to it so I started writing during my last um my last acting gig which was a tour around the UK um a show called the girl on the train and we toured up and down the country and um I did a stint in London for four weeks and during that sort of time I had a bit of um I, w- I was in my dressing room quite a lot so I'd be like right I need to start writing here and and was writing down observations and kind of things that I was just thinking and you know didn't really think much of it so that's two years ago and I'm now kind of getting a bit more of an insight into what you know Manchester has to offer there's, yeah. there's some really good um like open mic nights um I've done a couple of them with the com- a company called Saying Manchester like Saying um and they they're really good at kind of promoting new writers new um giving people the encouragement to just get up and voice what they want to say and hopefully you know when things start opening up a little bit more we can then start doing more of that I'm hoping to kind of um set one up as the thirsty poet and and doing this sort of um speak your heart out um evening where yeah. people get up and can have the opportunity to do that and then obviously that then influences me and make gets me meeting other people and other poets i think it's there's a massive scene for it you know yeah it's it's, it's really it's really great i mean you just mentioned john cooper clark and i think like that that's the one that's really well known but then like tony walsh um and and you just got this this vast um scene for it now mm. right yeah, I was yeah. going to say T- Tony Walsh is a bit of a hero of mine as well. He's, I was lucky yeah. enough to chat to him on, on the pod at some yeah. point. But yeah, he's he's a lovely, lovely, lovely guy, Tony. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I will have to get up to Manchester. It's on my list. I've, I've been saying this about London as well, though. I think lockdowns made me realise how much I actually miss just going out and, and listening to poetry or just little things like that, you know. Yeah, and there's such there's such a good scene for it in, in London, you know, like the Roundhouse and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the main sort of poetry slams and a bit more like I don't know I, I don't want to say like Americanized but they're a bit more like I don't know like like as I would see a poetry slam they're a bit more like that maybe um, yeah sort of it's not just a bit bigger a lot more structured and and things like yeah, that yeah 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 so let's let's roll it back to uh you said you've been writing for t- for two years poetry yeah. can you remember the first time you were ever aware of poetry so not not the first thing you wrote but it could be back back in school or, or something but can you remember that first time was it a particular poem or a poet I can you know I, and um I think it's because my my school like high school didn't really focus on the arts they didn't focus on sort of like you know it was all the AQA anthologies of um of poems so you had like presents from my aunt in Pakistan and yeah. half cast and um that was like my John Agard yeah yeah and classic and yeah that was my intro to what poetry was and I think you know uh, my brother who's a couple of years older than us studied that same book you know what I mean like everyone was doing the same thing over and over again so there was never like a journey on it it was never like all right well you did that but like we did this yeah I think like high school um, and English classes was, was probably my first sort of insight to poetry. Music wise is, is, you know, I'm obviously influenced quite a lot by music and lyrics, but 
yeah I think I think high school and my English teachers that didn't like me so <laughs> <laughs> no that's uh, I was just looking up here to see if I've got I have there we go look that's that was the anthology that I studied one Carol Ann Duffy as well Carol Ann Duffy yeah. Sun yeah. Altids Gillian Clark they were all in there weren't they that, that is actually I mean not that my any of my old teachers watch this but that's actually stolen from my school there you go <laughs> We're asking for that back. <laughs> yeah, I d- don't exist anymore. It's a Harris, of course. Everything. There we go. Harris there Academy now. But no, yeah, I think very similar to me. Then school. Um, some people think that's a boring answer, but I don't. I think if you you take something from school and you're still with it later down in the line, that's that's quite cool. Yeah, and I've kind of used used that um, influence, like, and, and and asked other people as well. I, I did a poem called uh, Third World Poetry Day called "What Is Poetry to You," and asked people, and kind of then took their verbatim, so took their words that came out of their mouth and then made a poem out of that. And a lot yeah. of them were about, like, um, poetry to me. It was, like, one of them was, like, the uh, the AQA uh, AQA anthology and the, the stress of that and, like, the anxieties that come through that reminiscing about bloody, you know, English lessons later down the line. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I see that on Facebook, that poem, because you've got, yeah. uh, like, a few people... Did, did you just get them to say what they thought poetry was? Yeah, yeah it was just a little idea. I, I like, I come up with little things like, and and um, trying. To, I'm trying to get as as creative as I can with them. Obviously, as an actor and art and, and artist, that way I want to kind of develop my pieces and make them a bit more um, open to other people's creativity as well. So, yeah. getting uh, like family and friends on board with that and getting their sort of answers was. Um, was really kind of insightful for me it was kind of opening up a door I could go okay yeah that makes sense and I relate to that or other people will relate to that that person isn't a poet therefore you know for the people who aren't into poetry they could actually go right well I listen to that person I was gonna say to you um obviously you've got a well you said you're an actor first and foremost and that's that's your background and some some of the poets I speak to not that there should be this idea of page poet and stage poet, but sometimes uh, some of the poets I've spoken to, they're great writing the poems, but when it comes to performing on stage, it's, mm. it's, it's a bit of a leap for them and, and they feel uncomfortable on stage. Not all poets, a lot of poets, you know, can bring their poetry to the stage and it's fine. Did you find there was any difference between sort of straight acting, as it were, and and performing poetry on stage? Um, well, I guess like, so, so when... When I was training at drama school, I we we did like we we study like political uh, political speeches and we'd do monologues and bring sort of things like that um, and do you know breaking down songs and kind of going through the lyrics and breaking them down into kind of monologues as well. So performance wise, um, I think the way the way that I write is for a performance. They're not they're not some some of them can work for reading. Some of them just it lend themselves better as uh, a performance piece, mm. which is interesting because I've never actually had anyone else read one of my pieces, like, um, out, you know, like as part of the performance. Um, you know, I've never handed over my piece of work and gone, right, you perform that one. Because the, kind of the way I word things and the rhythm that I want to, that I have in, in, in my mind is as a performance sort of, rhythm yeah that makes sense yeah so it's, it's yeah it's, it's 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 it came quite easily to me performing them because i knew i knew i could do that so that that was wasn't one of the one of the difficult things with it i guess yeah i think the reason i ask is because uh obviously 
doing a bit of digging on the internet, I come across uh, your poem Bubbles, which I thought mm. I thought was I want you to talk about bubbles if you don't mind for anyone who hasn't seen it but I thought it was such a good idea but it was the way you delivered it there was definitely you know that that bit where you're sort of watching the bubbles float away you can tell that you are sort of trained in that background so it must be quite nice to add in bits like that into poetry a hundred percent and I think I think it's about keeping the audience engaged even no matter what you're doing if it's poetry or a play or you know theatre or tv you keep you want to you want the audience to be engaged with what you're talking about Mm. um and that's my kind of way to keep them engaged. That's my way to keep them on board is to make certain things like, you know, I, I wrote Bubbles as a performance piece. Um, specifically, I want to make it into a long play. Yeah. Um, so hoping that that can kind of um, fuel other parts of it and, and, and can, I don't know, make people listen more and get people on board. Um, yeah. So for anyone who hasn't heard Bubbles, can you sort of explain what that poem's about? And it's part of it's part of an exhibition as well, isn't it? Days like these. Yeah. So it's on. Uh, it's, it's something I actually wrote before before the whole pandemic. Um, I was kind of coming up with this idea and this concept to write a full length play, but all spoken word, so all poetry uh, throughout and. Um, it kind of I wanted to talk about mental health quite a, a bit because it's something that a lot of people don't talk about and find it hard to talk, talk about so therefore I find poetry is quite a good way for people who want to talk about something and want to listen to something it's a good way in yeah. it's like same with music isn't it you know you listen to certain songs and you go flipping heck I got something from that yeah I felt the same way as that that um, artist did um, and I think it's, it was about kind of ending that sort of stigma of we shouldn't talk about this anymore and we just and actually breaking that and saying no let's let's talk about this like let's actually get it out in the open and yeah so bubbles um was actually picked up by the um the lowry in salford and it's on exhibition at the moment um for part of the days like these exhibition um where it features a load of people from salford um creatives artists um and mine's, mine's this piece of spoken word performed. Um, and it just takes the audience on a, like a journey through why mental health can happen, why people can suffer with mental health issues, um, and just gives a voice to that. Mm. Um, personally, like my personal sort of story through it, and I think that's important for an audience to kind of listen and relate to someone else's story. Um, I haven't been to, I haven't been able to go and see it yet because I was going to say, yeah, is it a, a physical exhibition or an online one? Or it is a physical one. So they've, I think, later on this week, the Lowry are doing like a live tour around the uh, the gallery, and um, so people can kind of see what's going on. And I, I'm, I mean, I'm presuming they're going to kind of go up onto everyone's pieces and stuff. But this is like a five minute long poem about, um, not 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 heavy like about mental health, but kind of touching on issues about it and and I think it's really it's become really relevant to the bubbles that we're living in at the moment these social bubbles and mm. um, support bubbles and stuff like that so that that's why they really liked it yeah. um, which was great I think I think it is it is great and it definitely as you said you used to a journey and I feel like that that piece does take you on a journey um, but especially yeah. bringing your acting repertoire to it i think it, it really 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 made it something special so yeah i liked it well Thank done you. um 
we've got to talk about the, the thirsty poet then because it was you that contacted me with this idea and I, I was like wow that's that's quality uh, <laughs> so for anyone who's not heard of the thirsty poet what is i mean you are the thirsty poet but what is this idea so uh this came through uh lockdown one um i've worked in hospitality for many years and um, when i've been out of work as an actor um and during that first lockdown and that you know the first insight to the pandemic, I think it was June, July, I took it upon myself to buy a mini camper van, buy a coffee machine um, and turn it into a mobile bar and coffee shop. Um, so I was originally just taking it around to different venues, people's businesses, um, little kind of socially distanced parties. Um, I'd, I'd been booked in for like weddings, um, and currently I, the van is in Salford by, uh, in a place called Boothstown, uh, right along the canal pass. Um, loads of people come down there and basically just gives, gives people a, a chance to get a brew, talk about being creative. And it's kind of like that little creativity space. Yeah. Um, and Thirsty Poet has kind of branched out into a bit of a brand now for me being, you know, I, I now, um, my, my name would then be the Thirsty Poet. So. I'm working on a project at the moment and that's going through the thirsty poet and uh, not Matt and Cannon because it just, it's quite nice to tie and link all, everything together. Yeah, 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 definitely. So yeah, that, that's, that's the thirsty poet. Um, and it's, it's, it's been really exciting. It's been a, another journey um, to create in something that's been really, it's, it's, I mean, at the moment it's really successful. So it looks incredible. I was, I was looking on your website at, at you know, yeah. how you transform the VW as well. How, how long did that take to, to kid it all out? Cause it look it does look the bizzo. <laughs> yeah. It was about three weeks of me and my dad kind of just working out how we can do this. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I just threw everything at it because I wasn't working. So I threw all my time at it and I threw money that I'd saved because I didn't know what I was going to be able to do with it. I wasn't going to be able to buy a house because that just seemed completely off the, off the radar of doing that. So I was like, well, I could invest in a business. And um, so it was about three weeks and then, uh, and then it was kind of up and running locally um, around Salford and then into Manchester, into Ancoats in town. I did a stint in a, um, a stint down there over in Glossop at this caravan park, like just some really, really cool places to kind of, uh, I don't know, give give people an opportunity to, to have a bit of normality. Yeah. And so do they, do you write poems there and then, or do you put poems around the, how does it, how does the poetry element work? The poetry kind of, um, it, it just subtly underlines it. So like I'll have a poem of the day, and it'll be a quote from a, either a poet or from myself. Uh, if people want to hear me perform something and they've got time and I've got time to kind of do it, if there's not a massive long queue of, po uh, of, of people, then I'll give them a bit of a, a performance of things and just tie it in that way. It gives people something to, something to listen to and something that takes their mind off their own shit that yeah. they might be going through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, people obviously, you know, there's a lot of people who are new to poetry I'm, I'm not necessarily the person that people would have gone, you know, like if you, if you looked at my, my school days, I was a skateboarder who acted and did dance. If I added poetry to that, people would have been like, get out. <laughs> You're not doing that, get out. So I was already digging myself a lot of holes. And um, now people listen to, to what I say and share things. And, and it's, it's become a way of people listening and, and, and relating. Um, yeah. 
So you said you work hospitality alongside acting. Is that is that where you got good at? Because I said to you before this, I used to be a barista, but I was a terrible barista. Um, and, <laughs> and the only pattern I could do on a coffee is the love hearts. I think that's like beginners yeah. beginners patterns, isn't it? But hey, you eat with your eyes first. And, yeah. Uh, so did you pick up? Oh, did I guess the barista skill was that way then? Yeah, that's been been kind of something I've been. I'm a, I'm a bit of a coffee snob, um, and it's interesting how poet, poetry and coffee kind of go hand in hand. People like sitting in a library, don't they, at times, and they'll get a brew, yeah. and then they'll sit down and read a book or something like that. So it kind of does go hand in hand. Um, but yeah, years of working in hospitality, in bars, coffee shops, um, restaurants, you know, front of house, chef. I've done kind of all of the trades inside the hospitality industry. And um, coffee side of it is something I've always, always loved kind of the most. It is, it is huge coffee, the world of coffee. I didn't realise sort of until I became a barista at this uh, place I used to work, Finch House, I didn't realise just how how in-depth you can get into coffee and like researching oh, the, the beans and everything. But the feather is yeah. the, the, the one I could not master, that feather pattern. Well, get, you need to get yourself a, get yourself a little machine in your house <laughs> and, uh, and get practising. And, and next time we do one of these, I'm expecting you to bring in uh, an example. Oh, right. you know. You're on. <laughs> when, when I come up to Salford, I'll, uh, mm. yeah, I'll have a go on your machine. There you go. There go. Absolutely. So what's the reaction been like then to, to Firstly Pirate? Because you said you've only started it first lockdown, did you say? Yeah, I think it was July was the first time I went out. Um, and the yeah, the reaction's been great. It's it's a, it's kind of like a a bit of a, a hussy, the, the van catches people's eye mm. uh, in, in kind of the right way. So people are interested in what, what, the, what the bloody hell is that? This little tiny VW driving past. Uh, it's all branded now and, and um, kind of looks the part. And then people have, yeah, people, people have been really, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's, I don't want to sound like, but I think it's helped people. I think the fact that there's something, you know, when people are going out for a walk, they can come and get a coffee and have a chat. And if I'm the only person that they're seeing that day, I just make sure, I just want to, just want people to have a normal yeah. day and a normal conversation. And, and I think it, you know, it's really helped people. Um, around Salford, which you know, I, I, I like to think it has anyway. I, I would absolutely love it if there was one, you know, as you said, on my walk, you could go, yeah. uh, maybe hear a bit of poetry, but have a coffee, have a chat. Just that, as you said, that that normal yeah. human interaction that we're all missing at the minute. Yeah, no, good luck to you. I think it, I think it looks incredible, and it sounds like it's going well. Nice one, man. So when you write your poems, when you have written like your first draft, and you've got to edit it what is the first thing you do to that poem? So I always read mine out loud mm -hmm. um, because I like, I like my, I like to have a, the voice to it. I think, you know, as a northerner, it's nice to hear another northern voice. Um, that way, you know, us northerners can, can relate to each other. Um, so I always speak it out loud and then I'll send a version. <laughs> Often I'll send a version to one of my mates, Ruben, who um, he's, he's a poet as well, Ruben Johnson. Uh, he's fantastic. He's, he's, he's very influenced by rap um, okay. and kind of quick rhymes and stuff like that. So we kind of throw, throw a few things to each other and he'll be like, oh, I've written this, right? What do you reckon? Oh, I've written this, what do you reckon? And, um, and then we'll come to kind of like bashing heads on certain things. And then sometimes, sometimes it can just be very uh, like, uh, organic the way that it kind of comes to an end and it just goes you know what well, that that is the end there mm. 
and I don't want to touch this anymore or I'll come back to it a week down the line and be like, no, that was shit. I need to change that bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, often, often the main thing, first thing is, is to read it out loud um, and then it's sending it off to people. Yeah. It seems to be quite a popular one when I ask that question, reading it out loud. I think from the bits I've seen of your, your poetry as well, it rhymes quite a big, big part of your poetry. So I yeah. guess reading it out loud, it makes sense, doesn't it? To make sure it all works. Yeah, this is this is what I was saying about other people performing it. You know, there's certain rhymes that don't rhyme if they're written and said. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there are some lines that if, you know, there's certain ways that I would say certain things. Um, like in one of my pieces about school, I, pl- I play on the word. Um, am I allowed to swear on this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> play on the word cunt. And um, because in Manchester and in, in, as an organism, we would say, I couldn't do that. So like I, I I wanted to do that, but I couldn't. Yeah. And so I played on this one from the teachers, and it's like, um, when when you said when you said that I, when you said that I couldn't, I wanted to call you a, but I couldn't. Right. Yeah. So it's kind yeah. of using that word. Um, yeah. As a different word, but you know, you, you could bring that to anyone, and and they could read it completely differently. Oh, hundred percent. If I read that, it, it would just not sound I right. Couldn't. Yeah. 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 I, I couldn't do that. So I couldn't, and then you'd be like, oh, that's yeah. aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the yeah. Cockney accent as well. That wouldn't yeah. go down well, would it? No, not a chance. But yeah, so the rhyming sort of things, are, 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 I think that's just, I don't know, I find it intriguing. You know, I'll sit there and I'll research like what what words can kind of rhyme with this and then putting things into little categories and, and choosing the best ones that kind of fit and then accidentally finding others that... Yeah, yeah work through a line and, and it's just re- it's really interesting and that's why i kind of love the development of pieces and where they can kind of take you and where they can go no definitely I've, I've rhyme gets a bit of flack sometimes but i i love a bit a good bit of rhyme i don't think there's anything yeah. wrong with rhyme uh, i also love love that you checked if you could swear and went straight in with a c-bomb <laughs> I, I i didn't I, well it was i wasn't gonna sugar <laughs> no, no messing about no messing about. no messing about you know me i'm, I'm northern mate there we go <laughs> Uh, the other question I always ask is when we're talking about writing and you've sort of talked about it a little bit there, but when you've written this piece and you've tinkered about with it, when do you know, right, it's time to leave that poem alone? Because the old adage is that a poem is never finished and you could always, you know, tinker about with it. But for you, what, yeah. what's your thought process behind stepping away from it and going, right, that is done now? Um, oh man, that's a, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. I think like, um when when i i either record myself doing it vocally or i'll record myself as a video and give myself that sort of um look back on it and kind of go right does that does that say everything i want to say if it's political does it get everything across is it being too you know um one-sided or is it not opinion and like is it not is my opinion not coming across or is it, is it coming across too strong? Is it, are people going to relate to this from both sides of a party? And um, yeah, sometimes it is hard to let things kind of just let things go and go. That is, that's where it ends. Um, but I don't know when, when it does, like, like I said, it's quite organic. It just goes, yeah, that's, that's it. It's, it's done now. And, you know, I, I wrote a piece um, not long ago and it ended up like the day after I posted it um a teacher got in touch with us from a school in Salford and they then studied it the next day in um, in one of the English classes. That's cool. So, you know what I mean? So, like, 
I didn't know why I was writing that piece. Mm. It was called, it's called Live By The Words. And it's very much like, when I was writing, I was like, I don't know why I'm writing this, but I know that it's about words. And I know that it's about like how, you know, words can have a lot more meaning to them and a lot more weight to them. So it ended up becoming like this, um, using that sort of metaphor of like um, the battle and, and war and um, that you can cause a lot of pain from a pen and yeah. the words say, you know, sticks and stones will break your bones sort of thing. And it was interesting because I sent it, I sent it to this teacher and I was like, yeah, absolutely, you know, study away. And the feedback from the kids was so helpful because they didn't know what it was about either until listening to it. So I got to kind of go, oh, yeah, it is about that as well. Yeah, it is about. All oh, right. OK, I'm glad I left it where it was, because otherwise I could have just been like toying with something too much. Yeah. Um, there must be. So, yeah. Must be quite an odd but rewarding feeling knowing that you had a class of uh, like students yeah. studying suddenly something you've written. Yeah, yeah, quite, um, quite surreal. Quite a lot of pressure in in the weirdest way. Like, you know, I'm I'm used to just performing it, and if it comes out of my mouth, and that's how how it is. Um, yeah, it was it was it was a bit. Oh, I did the weirdy one. I was like, right, okay, these kids <laughs> are going to be now discussing about something that I don't know why I've written it, and then I'm like. Oh yeah, that's why I've written it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for helping me, kids. <laughs> when they start um, getting into the context of the poet, looking at your life, that's when you have to draw the line. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think keep, keep things that like that close to my chest. Don't talk about them. <laughs> so I usually wrap up uh, these chats with sort of the reason I started the podcast is that we've got this, especially in this country, but globally as well, this continued love affair with poetry. I mean, it's 2021. Me and you are sat here talking about poetry. You've got a business that, you know, is involved with poetry. Why, in your opinion, do you think it is that people still have this love affair with poetry? Why do you think that is? I, uh, so I was writing a, a programme for um, teaching poetry and spoken word to um, kids uh, and drama school students a couple of weeks back. And then I'm going to be doing some more of that. Um, and I was sitting there and I was like, why do we do poetry? And I think it's because it, it's telling a story and it's telling personal stories. And it's, it's um, from one person. Mm. And it doesn't have to come from, you know, it's not a group of people haven't written something. It's one person's story that you'll get to listen to. And we're, you know, it's so important to have storytelling. And that's why I love being an actor is to have that storytelling um, as, as my job. And people still need that. People need to step into another world and explore somewhere else and be taken into this realm, whether it's, you know, through the metaphors that you use in the words, that you use the wordplay, the journey, the, you know, it's taking these people on a, on a, on a journey. Um, and I like to you know write so that people who aren't into poetry can relate to it and listen to it um so i think that's 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 what i would say yeah that's why it's so important it's a nice answer i like it what's mm. next for thirsty poet then thirsty poet so i on monday i filmed one of my new pieces with a company called Blossom Manchester um, they do um, they run a company on Instagram called um, Manchester Stories MCR Stories and they are um, like a creative hub for people and um, 
basically we went out on Monday around Manchester to a load of iconic places. So down Canal Street, um, St. Peter's Square, Piccadilly Gardens, like all of these places that people will recognize and filmed this this uh, this poem around these places, you know, sat sat outside um, beer gardens that were you know closed and stuff. And it, it was just amazing and kind of surreal to be in Manchester doing that. Um, so that's currently in edit now. And the guys at this company are editing it. That'll then go out um, as a video onto, um, yeah, kind of onto social media and stuff like that, onto my website. But um, And then I'm working on a program at the moment for teaching spoken word to uh, for beginners um, called Speak Your Heart Out, which is going to be a nice little way that people can just talk about whatever they want to talk about and it be, you know, completely um individual based yeah um with a bit of help from me and you know I'm, i it's interesting you can't give too much feedback because you know that it's come from someone and i would never want someone to go oh that was a bit shit or like that bit was a bit well, i didn't get that it's like well, don't have to get it yeah yeah yeah. someone will get, someone will get something from it yeah um, so yeah that, there's a few bits and pieces going on obviously the, the coffee van's out every weekend and um still just kind of cracking on with normal life as well as um which is the juggling acts now yeah and where can people find you online keep up to date with so, what it is you're doing yeah so i mainly mainly use instagram uh for my stuff so it's at the thirsty poet underscore co on instagram uh on facebook you can find me the thirsty poet um the website is www thethirstypoet.co.uk and there's updates on there um otherwise if people are in Salford or Manchester based and fancy coming out for a bit of a, a chat and a, and a good coffee then I'll be down in Booth's town every weekend um which my link is in my uh in the bio on Instagram and we'll yeah. we'll be sharing the links as well but if you are in Salford go and get yourself a coffee have a coffee for me because I can't and I'm I'm annoyed that I can't because it looks great <laughs> uh, thank you Matt for reaching out firstly but thank you for sitting down and chatting it's been great yeah absolutely wicked it's great to uh, great to talk about creativity and bring it back to life definitely cheers mate and now a piece from the thirsty poet himself I really needed to hear this it was a lovely lovely poem to watch Matt perform the day will come when we will pass love from hand to hand by handshake without thinking, where we will share laughs, tears, beers that lacked this year, where we will hold each other, really hold each other, where Zoom will only be on our cameras taking photographs of places less traveled with far less muted conversations where Zoom will take us to these places as quick as Zoom means, where Zoom and we are there in times of need, comfort, love. The day will come when unprecedented will return itself to the dictionary and live up to its definition as something never known before. When hand sanitizer can be rebottled into vodka bottles and shots can be taken in the bar, not in the arm, and we can empty our bags of anti-back and be a little less clean. Then I'll put the kettle on and you can just pop round for a brew and stay for hours from 
tea to wine until long past nine where a friendly touch from a stranger can linger a little longer and the only time a mask is worn is on Halloween where staying home on a weekend is a rarity. The day when we release and let the weight from our shoulders fall when hugs and card payments won't have to be contactless and contacts won't just be a list of uncalled numbers on a phone but people we can call upon to meet and we can step outside and inside another person's home and breathe in a breath of fresh air with nothing to be scared about. And we can sit next to our loved ones and squeeze strength into their hands and simply be with them. And we can party. Now I'm talking sweaty, skin on skin, sticky floors when Corona dons its crown under the sun again and spirits are free poured and our spirits are free. The day will come soon. You know what? When it does, we will meet you there. A massive thank you as always to you at home for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, please do share it with a friend. You can find us on Instagram at People's Poetry Podcast, over on Twitter at People underscore Poetry. You can find us on Facebook, People's Poetry Podcast. I'm on Twitter, JBO, that's JBO Pens Poems. And you can email us if you want to get involved with the show, if you're a poet yourself and you'd like to sit down and chat, or if social media just don't cut the mustard and you want to get in touch, it's peoplespoetrypodcast at hotmail.com. 